thank you for being a friend Travel down the road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant If you threw a party And invited everyone you knew You would see the biggest gift would be for me card attached would say thank you for being a friend what comes to mind when i say the word friendship to many of us it's a word that conjures up complex ideas and understandings That's because friendship is a complex and complicated reality. In some ways, we have relegated friendship to the second bench of our lives. We neglect the notion that friendship is imperative to our survival. That said, I have come to believe as a pastor and as a friend that friendship is necessary not only for our survival, but for our salvation. For us to shy away from the complexities of it all would be to miss out on a gift that is given to us by our Creator. The fullness of the triune God is complex, but can never be understood just in simple terms like friendship. But it's a good start. God the Father in friendship with the two other members of the Trinity, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. It's like that icon of the Trinity sitting at the table in fellowship over a meal. It is friendship. It is glory revealed. It is divine. That's what I'm after on this podcast. That's the the reality that I hope to express is that friendship is not only for us, but for each other, an expression of God here among us. Today on the podcast, I interviewed Caroline Current. Caroline's in my history goes back to my earliest days as a pastor in the church. I was at Appalachian State University and I found myself as an associate pastor for youth ministries at First Baptist Church in West Jefferson, North Carolina. Caroline was then in the seventh grade and was one of the first students I met who was charged to my care. A few years later, I would leave that church to attend seminary and I found a fast friend in Caroline. Caroline, now just fresh out of college, is a wise soul for her age and offers us an interesting and important view of friendship in the grand scheme of discipleship. Let's listen. Caroline, thank you so much for coming on this grand experiment with me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you on this podcast too. Um, one of the things that we've done and we've talked about is that uh, in the in the course of this podcast, I asked people to fill out a survey about what they look for in a friend, what they're thinking about with friendship and what friendship means to them. One of the things that rose to the surface in reading your answer and your response was that communication has been how you kind of determine who's your friend, how it's helped you think about keeping, uh, nurturing friendships. Talk to me a little bit about what that means to you, what communication looks like, what friendship looks like, those general kind of baseline answers that you gave. Yeah, so I think um, communication is a is a huge 
key in all types of relationships, communication with family members, communication with friends, communication with loved ones, with your spouse, with, you know, your significant other. And, and I think that the baseline of a good relationship, whether it be a family member or a friendship or a relationship is communication. Um, and, and one of the stories I guess I'll tell is um, my friend recently was going through a really hard time and I had no idea. Um, she was not, you know, forthcoming with what was going on in her life. And um, I felt like I had been a bad friend to her or I hadn't um, played my role in being the supportive friend because of um, her not telling me what was going on. And I think, um, you know, through communication, you're able to find that support. You're able to find that um, reassurance. You're able to find the love of friendship. And, and I think that's huge. You know, your friends need to know what's going on with you, whether it's good or bad, because of their friends, they're going to be there to support you through that. One of the the things I think about with you, Caroline, that that makes it so you, our friendship so unique, and one of the reasons why I want to showcase this on this podcast is I've actually known you in a, some form or fashion, whether as a friend or as a pastor, since you were in the seventh grade, um, which is a long time ago uh, for both of us. Um, it feels <laughs> like, but knowing you as I do, and I've watched you grow from me serving as the youth pastor into you being my friend now uh, later in life is that I remember you struggled with friendships when you were younger, um, if we're honest with each other. What makes this stage of life better for you with friends that you have now with, through communication or through just being real with them? What is it about now that makes now different from then? Yeah, I, I 100% cannot agree more. I struggled with friendship um, growing up where um, I did, I, I struggled with having a group of friends. I struggled with, with keeping friends. And um, I think a lot of that was because of my communication. If I'm being honest, I was, um, I, I was someone, I was trying to almost be someone that I wasn't, I wasn't communicating with how I truly felt about something or how um, actions made me feel. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to force a puzzle piece in a puzzle that the, the piece didn't fit. And I think now I'm at a point in my life where I know who I am and I know I'm confident in who I am. And I, and I want to be surrounded with people who also know who I am. And, and I'm not afraid to be by myself. I, I know what it's like to not have many friends. I know it's like to, you know, be not a loner, but, but not have many friends that are your age, I will say. Um, and I, I think I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with, you know, having select friends, because I know that those friends are, are truly there for me and truly supportive of me. And I think that comes with age. Um, and, you know, at this point in my life, I, um, I have, I have friends, I wouldn't say that I have, you know, tons of friends, but I, I'm making new friends in environments where I thrive in, you know, in, in my work right now, I I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm able to meet new people. Um, some of those people are much older than me. Some of those people are a few years older than me, but I'm able to make friends in environments that, that I'm comfortable in and environments where I can be myself. You've always kind of been an old soul, someone who lives, uh, you know, uh, with, hangs out and are friends with people who are, who are older than you. And that's been a gift. 
but I, I wonder too, one of the things I think of about when I think of you is you're so busy. You're, you're always doing something, always traveling somewhere, always up to something. Uh, how do you stay present for those friends that you've made and that you want to continue to nurture? Yeah, and I, I think every friendship is different. Um, you know, some friends, I, I can name friends um, from home that I can talk to when I go home and it and it's like we picked up where we left off. Um, and, and other friends need more attention. They need more um, nurture and, and they need, um, you know, more consistency. Um, and, and I think that just varies from friendship to friendship with me being so busy. Um, I don't a lot time for friends a lot of time I, I am, you know, I, I always pack my schedule every day. Um, and I think that's just something that I've grown up with and I've continued to do. And I love being busy. Uh, but one thing I, I do try to do is um, when I think of someone, uh, for example, um, I was in Vancouver and I hadn't talked to one of my college roommates in a few weeks and I was doing some shopping and I saw something that made me think of her and I sent her a photo of, of that clothing item. And I think, you know, just letting people know that you're thinking of them, letting people know that you're there for them, even if, you know, you haven't talked in a few weeks or a few months, that's being a friend just as much as the consistency of talking every day. I wonder too, I want to talk a little bit about where you came from because uh, it was a special place to me too. It is a special place to me too, many special people there. But you come from a part of North Carolina that is one of the most conservative parts of the state. And I know you and you know me, we are not that. And it, I imagine that was really hard to break out of that shell when you went to college at Chapel Hill. Talk about- No, it definitely was. Talk about those, those relationships there in, in that part of North Carolina but also talk about how you broke free from that and made your own way. Because I think that's really important for friendship is like, you know, you've got to find those people that you can stick together with and, and really get to know better in spite of the circumstances. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I grew up in rural North Carolina in the mountains and um, I really struggled through high school and um, through middle school uh, one thing that sticks out to me when I think about um, kind of my views and how different they were is when I was in the middle school, uh, the, it, it was the election for Barack Obama and whoever the Republican candidate was. And I knew that my parents were voting for Obama and we went to school that day. And at that point in your life, you kind of just went with who your parents were voting. You didn't really have an opinion. And I remember like talking to my friends and saying like, who are you guys voting for today? It was a mock election. And all of my friends had said the Republican candidate. And that was kind of the first time that I realized that my parents thought differently from other people's parents. And um, that was kind of an awakening. And I started asking questions. Why are you voting for Obama? Why are you not voting for the Republican? Why do you think this way? And that was kind of the first time that I realized that my ideas, my values, my thoughts were different from people there. And I, I, I will never forget this. There were two people that voted for Obama in my middle school, and I was one of them. So that just kind of shows you the, the skew um uh, of what the I was dealing with and and what you know other people deal with today um but then in high school 
I started to really um, kind of find my beliefs and through my parents, through you, Rob, and, and other people at church, um, I was lucky enough that we went to a pretty blended church, um, which helped me a lot, helped me find comfort. And, and I think my parents also found comfort going there um, because a lot of the population at where we're, where I'm from is Republican, is conservative, and they believe in things that I'm nowhere close to believing. And, and I knew in high school, um, probably my freshman year, that I needed to get out of there. I needed to find people that thought like me. I needed to find a more liberal community so my ideas could grow. Um, and, and my parents are um, obviously left-leaning, but it, there's a line. And, and they also had limitations with, with their ideas and beliefs because they were also raised in, in the rural area of North Carolina I, I grew up in. So there were limitations um, that were that went back way back before my parents were born. So I knew I needed to kind of go somewhere that was new for me and that would allow me to grow my ideas and, and learn from those. So I went to Chapel Hill and that was at first a very difficult transition because I, I didn't know just how uh, I, I didn't know how I would fit in. And I, I struggled in high school with fitting in um, because of my beliefs. And I, I didn't know what I would, how it would be in, in college. I had hoped for better. I'd hoped for, um, you know, a, a different community, but I didn't know. And, and so I think one thing that I made very clear from I, some of the first conversations I had with my roommates is where they stood with certain you know, beliefs, you know, were they pro-life? Were they pro-choice? Were they, um, were they okay with gay marriage? Were they not okay with gay marriage? And, and things that are, you know, pretty hot topics, but also, you know, like what, what was it, what was it like growing up where you were? And, and I would explain my story to them. And I was lucky to be around four girls who also believe very similar to me. Um, and, I kind of just started growing and my beliefs became validated. And I, I think that was the biggest takeaway from Chapel Hill is that I finally felt like I'm not wrong for thinking this. I finally felt like what you believe, what, how you think is valid. Um, and, and not to say that people who believe the, the things that they believe from rural North Carolina are invalid, but I finally felt like what I believed in mattered and what I believed in was valid because there were rallies in Chapel Hill that I became a part of. There were organizations in Chapel Hill that I became a part of that I never knew existed. And I was finally putting forth energy to something that I believed in, something I was proud to believe in. But at home in high school, I hid those and I, I buried those beliefs because that's what made me different. And that's what made me not fit in. So I think going to Chapel Hill, it, it was the best thing that, that could have happened to me um, besides the education piece, besides the, the sports and, and all the fun I had, but the environment that it created and the validity that it gave me has only led to, to who I am now. And I, I think that's the best part of, of the whole experience in, at Carolina. You know, one of the things I think about you when I think about you is that you're fiercely loyal to the people that you're friends with. Like there's no messing 
with your friends. Like you were there for them and you've been there for me at times in my life when my life got really crazy in a really public way. Um, after MTV, I, I was actually looking through the other day and I saw a screenshot of, of a message you had sent me after the MTV VMAs um, talking about my life changing drastically, but you were there for me. And that's always been such a great gift that you give the world. Um, but I want to hear, and I'm going to ask this question to everyone. So I want to, that comes on this podcast. So I want to hear it from you though. Uh, tell me about a time that someone was a good friend to you. Wow. Um, there have been many times where people have been good friends to me and, um, I can, I can name many instances with you, Rob. I can name many instances with my parents. I can name many instances with my roommate, but the one that's sticking out to me right now, um, that I, I guess is just the most recent is with my brother and, um, with this whole transition into the real world right now. Um, it's kind of been a lot. I've been moving. I've been, um, going to work every day, which is not something I'm accustomed to. I've been just really busy. And, and my brother asked me a couple weeks after I started my job, he had been texting me about how it was going. And he said, do you want to just get dinner? And, and just talk about all of this stuff because I was really overwhelmed. Um, I, I was loving it. Don't get me wrong, but it was a lot to digest. And I felt, you know, it, it's, a, it comes to a point where it's a question, am I doing the right thing? Um, and, and I had always wanted to go to medical school. I always kind of dreamed of going to medical school and I had other thoughts that always came across my head and then just randomly taking a job, not randomly, I had thought into it, but taking a job out of college was something that had never come across my mind, had never come across my parents' mind, had never come across anyone's mind that knew me because they always knew I wanted to go to school for longer. And so it, it was really overwhelming at first. And I had lots of questions and my brother who you know, and, and who I've become very close with since I've lived here and he's lived in Raleigh. Um, he took me to dinner, he paid for dinner and the whole time he just listened to me. He listened he's your to younger questions. brother just to, for everybody on yes. the podcast. He's your younger brother. So yes. This is kind of a role reversal yes. a little bit. It is. It is. It's a, it's a role reversal. My brother is a sophomore at NC state. Um, and so we're three years apart and he sat at dinner. So he paid for my dinner, which was kind of nuts because I'm the one that has the job, but, um, he sat and he listened to me and, and he just, he didn't talk. He just listened. And at the end, he said, Caroline, whatever happens, whatever you decide, it's going to be okay. You have no one to impress. You have no one to disappoint, but yourself do what makes you happy. And, and it just kind of, was shocking and I think coming from my younger brother who has always been supportive of me but you know we it was it, it was just really just a shocking to me to hear that and I absorbed it and I stopped caring what people thought I stopped saying like oh I yeah I, I, I'm gonna go to school eventually which I don't know maybe I will but I just lived in who I was I lived in yeah, I'm working right now and I'm loving it. It was no, but it was no, and it was, it wasn't me trying to impress anyone. It wasn't me trying to not disappoint or, or anything like that. I was confident in who I am. And I, and I think my brother was a really, really great friend through that time. And he still is. 
Um, but that's just one time that stuck out to me that was pretty recent. It's amazing how our siblings become our friends. Um, I've noticed that too with my own brother. Caroline, this has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to talk to me. And um, again, I'm so grateful to be your friend. Thank you, Rob. It, it's been such a pleasure and I am so grateful for our friendship. This podcast is a partnership between Beloved Journal, the Pacific School of Religion, and host, the Reverend Rob Lee. Rob is completing his Doctor of Ministry program at the Pacific School of Religion, and this podcast is impartial fulfillment of a class he is undertaking. The intro music is courtesy of members of the band Mipso, the best band in the world. Be sure to check them out. Special thanks to all those who participated in the project and all those who are taking the time to listen. Thank you for